Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content it provides, be sure to hop over and check out the community. The community is an exclusive members website that is just an extension of what we do here in July at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar. What it is is a combination of video lectures, a coach's corner with your Monday morning take-home information, and a forum where you can talk about anything and everything related to the field of strength and conditioning. In the community, you'll find content added each month from some of the top practitioners in the world, ranging from PhDs to high-level coaches, bringing you exactly what they're doing with their athletes or their research at the present moment. On top of that, an additional discussion by coaches bringing you that Monday morning information, things that you can add to your training program right away. Tying that in with the opportunity to discuss with coaches around the world in the forum on anything and everything from the topics addressed in these presentations to whatever you're seeing in your daily life as a coach. If this sounds like the right thing for you and your staff, go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and try it out for 48 hours for just a dollar. If you like it, you're signed up, ready to roll, and you're jumping into all the great content added each month. If not, feel free to go ahead and cancel at any time. No questions asked. We're really excited about what we're building in the community and hope you are too. Go ahead and hop over to cvasps.com community and check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down and talking with Virginia High Performance's Vernon Griffith. Guys, we're going to talk about training, progressions, regressions, uh, giving athletes autonomy, and, and of course, if you're talking to Vernon, we're going to talk about the dead bug. Guys, this was an IG Live from a week or so back, and it's an absolutely sensational talk. I, I truly hope that you guys enjoy this as much as I did. The only thing I ask, guys, is if you take something from it, please share it. Spread the word, tag your friends on Instagram that could take something from it because Vernon is a wealth of knowledge and is sharing so much awesome content uh, on Instagram at Vernon Griffith 4. Uh, guys, this is truly sensational. I hope you enjoy the talk as much as I did. Let's get right to it. I'm stoked that you're able to do this, man. I'm excited to, to get you on here for a little bit. Um, should have done this a while ago with you being right down the street and all, but definitely, you know, there were people asking if they could ask questions, of course, fire away guys, um, at any point. But I think that myself selfishly would want to start like, where did this dead bug thing get started? <laughs> hey, I mean, it, I did it, you know, once, I mean, I didn't invent, the dead bug and I'm by no means trying to say I did, of course, but uh, it became something where I did with like a couple people, or I mean, you've, I've done it forever. And then I just posted a video of it one time and then someone was like, oh, that's great. And I'm like, have you never heard of a dead bug before? Like, <laughs> this can't be like the first time you've heard or seen that. And then I just posted another one and then someone else liked it. My brother Chase, love you, man. And, uh, and then uh, it just kind of, I don't know, just posted more videos. And I, I just love it because it's, it's, for one, it's a great movement. You know, people can say whatever they, they want about, you know, doing extra stuff or accessory stuff. And we do all the big stuff as well. We squat, deadlift, you know, trap bar. We do all that stuff as well. But I, I just love that movement for one, with, especially when it comes to athletes and a lot of the military people we work with for the body awareness uh, associated with it. 
And then with the the benefits from doing dead bugs, the extending with the pelvis, controlling that extension, extending position, uh, holding active flexion. Uh, and then I think my favorite part about the dead bugs is the experience I've had with my athletes to do them because it becomes this um, this this building opportunity where we're continuously trying to make it more challenging, but they're involved with that. It's not just like, hey, this is the dead bug for today or this is what we're going to do today. And it's like, all right, well, let's try it this way. Let's try it this way. And then I tell them, like, hey, how do you think we can make this more difficult? How do you think you could get feeling, if I want you to feel it here more, how do you think you can make it more more challenging? So it becomes this collaborative effect with training. And I don't think that happens enough in the training world because we're so rigid in our programming or whatnot. So something that's so simple but then so beneficial and there's not much risk associated with it if you're doing it right. And it just becomes a collaborative event. And I think it's awesome. No, man, that is awesome. So then how, how much of this did it get into, like, building progressions and regressions and then, like, finding things that were going in the wrong direction versus the right direction or whatever it might be? I mean, it all starts with, I, I guess you would say – I don't want to say uh, just awareness of what the core is doing uh, when it comes to flexion and extension. So to me, I look at the like at the when I say core, I'm talking about like the middle abdomen. But um, I look at it from the front and the back is like 10 inches on this side on the front and 10 inches on the back. So people like to say ribs and pelvis and posterior pelvic tilt and all that stuff. And that's fantastic. But when I'm trying to get a point across, if I just say 10 inches on the front, 10 inches on the back, and then anything else that changes from that, I'm either going short or long on the one side. So if I go 11 inches on the front side and get into an extension, then I have nine or eight on the back side. And dealing with especially the athletes that we have and the, the military personnel that we work with that already suffer from back problems, that's my way of trying to get them away from that going into nine or eight on the back side. So we go 10 and 10. So the dead bug to me was just a, a progression off of that coaching cue that I can challenge them with that 10 and 10 position. So that's why I started doing it. And then just the more I dabbled with it, then we started to get into the effects of, especially the kids that are sitting in classroom all day or the people that are sitting at desk jobs all day. And it's, well, everyone has tight hips. Well, do you have tight hips or do you have weak hips? And then we do some sort of hip flexion test and they, they, the hip just drops, the leg just drops right away from holding it. And it's like, if you're, if the hips were tight, then that, that wouldn't happen. The hips are weak because you're, you're sitting entire, like all day. Like, uh, you see high school kids, they sit in a classroom for eight hours a day. And the second that bell rings, they're running to practice and then they're expected to do these explosive movements. I mean, what, what do we think is going to happen? So, I think it just, I think, I guess you would say it could start from there. I think I posted a video that said, you know, is it tight hips or is it weak hips? And then I kind of got a, a lot of feedback from that. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just keep this rolling. It was beneficial. Uh, I, I don't know. It's fun, man. I, I think it's cool. And I see a whole lot more dead bugs now on Instagram and Twitter, which, which I, like I said, I didn't invent it, but it's, it's cool. It's a, it's a yeah. safe movement. It's a, it's a beneficial movement. It's, Everyone should be doing it of some of some factor, progressing, regressing. Everyone can do it. So we'll call you the exterminator then, since you're the guy that really got <laughs> the dead bug rolling. <laughs> I don't want him to get rid of him. This is cool. We need to keep him around. Yeah. So uh, then, with these kids, like I love the fact that you've got the kids involved. I'm a I'm a huge believer in autonomy, and I'm to the point where I 
I probably do a little too much. Um, how, how many times have you run into a spot where you've been like, like they, they're going in the wrong direction or they're barren times where they throw a curveball at you and you're just like, holy shit, I can't believe I didn't think of that. Was it with the dead bug movements or was Yeah, you know, because you said that like when, when you're asking them like how we can make it harder and this, that, and the other. Yeah, I mean, like, I think they come up with crazy stuff. People would be surprised with if you if you ask your athletes or your I mean, I say athletes is loosely. It could be mom and dad. It could be anyone that you're training uh, for input and for the, what they think and what they feel, how much that they actually are aware of what's going on with their body. And I mean, especially the ones when it comes to like rotation and anti-rotation and the ones we did from the sides that one time, that one kid, because I was telling him what I wanted and I was explaining to him like the lateral sling and the effect because we were doing side planks with that. And he was like, well, what if I did it this way? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's really good. Let me get my phone out real quick and get a video. And he was like, well, let me tighten up my form first. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But uh, it's just it's just fun, and I, I think uh, if we're gonna make things, I mean, we can make things famous of guys jumping around on ladders and make things famous of kids going way too fast on treadmills. Why not? Why not make people doing a movement that's beneficial to anyone? Whatever, more people yeah, doing it the better. No doubt, and obviously you see a ton of help with everything else you're doing with it. Oh, of course. Uh, when it, we do it, we'll do it. Uh, as an activation type movement before specific lifts and then on like active like active recovery type days maybe we'll do that for a little bit longer as type of a core training or at the end of a workout to i so i mean i probably should say it on this because athletes are watching but i love the dead bugs specifically because when it comes to some kids they don't sometimes they don't care the reason that they're doing it they just care how they feel it and it's one of the few exercises that everyone wants abs. So you feel it in your abs right away. So now I've had some kids where they're like, I don't care how it makes me feel like sports wise. I feel like I'm getting a good ab workout. I'm like, Hey man, well then that's what we're doing. We're doing, we're doing three minute abs and yeah. you know, what, whatever it gets them to, to, to want to do it. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm sold on that. No, hundred percent. Like, cause at the end of the day, who cares why? I mean, that's their why. That doesn't, I mean, yeah. Everyone, our why doesn't need to be the same. For sure. Do you guys ever do them at Richmond? Uh, we dabble with some of it. We're, I mean, we're getting into more things along that realm as we start transitioning in. So how we start the kids, at least the guys and the women that I work with, when they first come in, like we do a ton of stuff in just static positions because before we end out, asking them to get there, I feel like it's really important for them to be able to actually hold the bottom of a squat Yeah. before we load it or, you know, hold the bottom of a push-up before we ask them to bench. But um, when we get into the next step, everything is just like check a box and move on until we can get to the actual real exercises, if that's the word. Yeah. Um, and we started dabbling with that with our, our younger guys this summer. And it was um, – it was interesting, man, because a lot of them are like, they have such a long way to go, and Chaser, if you're still on here, 
you're probably being exposed to this more and more now being in college basketball, but like they're so extreme now, like with these kids where there's like the group that like either had somebody that's a qualified strength coach at their high school or mommy and daddy had enough to put them in a facility where they were taught and things are like, they're just like bang, 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 bang with everything. And then there's everybody else. That is just like, <laughs> holy cow. Uh, what do I do with you? Yeah. I mean, it's probably like the same thing that you guys run into. Yeah. It, I mean, it's uh, the high school that I was working at, uh, helping out with. It was the same, that huge disparity between talent and the athletic abilities of some of the kids. And uh, you just got to find somewhere where, you know, you're challenging those so that they get better, but at the same time, finding movements and exercises that can be regressed and progressed on the spot so that no one can feel left out or that, they're, you know, that, that they're not getting your best. So. No. And I think though, what's really cool and, you know, people like to kind of shit on millennials and these young kids now, but I think that what's really cool with them, or at least the ones that I get the, the pleasure to work with is, they don't, more often than not, take exception to being singled out in things. It's like, bro, like, look at what you're doing versus what he's doing. Like, yeah, we should probably slow down and do yeah. something better for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, like, in the 80s, I would have been miffed, you know? I would have been like, no, nah, I could do that, you know? Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's good, bad, or indifferent, you know? I mean. It's uh, it, it's cool, man. I, I like uh, like our daily routine that we face on our, the people that come into VHP on a daily basis. It's so diverse. It's, I mean, you have from, from next person to next group to next person can be so different. I, I love that, that diversity of uh, the differentiates between the two. Yeah, and I think that what's cool, too, is, like, if you are allowing them have impact in it like how much more excited and you know bought in i guess yeah. people now are debating whether that term's real or not but um like how how into the program they are when they have a little bit of say or they know you're listening oh of course i mean i'm gonna be a lot more involved if i know my voice is being heard i mean it's mm -hmm. it's no different than when we get these professional organizations that email us about strength conditioning or your alma mater that you went to and they're like, donate this money. If I'm not involved at all, there's no way in hell I'm going to send my message or my letter or my money. But the second you tell me my voice matters, however that is, of course I'll be involved. Like I'm automatically in now because I care before yeah. that. I, I just have nothing to do with it. Yeah, man, no doubt. I think that there's actually a bunch of kids that, uh, train at your facility that are jumping on right now. Um, <laughs> But then, so then let's talk about the other steps of programming. So if you're looking at these with your progressions and regressions and you're dealing with kids from middle high school all the way up to, you know, the, the men and women that are, you know, protecting our freedom, mm -hmm. how do you set these? I mean, that, that doesn't get a much bigger spectrum than that. Like, yeah. how are you setting these progressions, regressions, evaluations, whatever it may be, because... I mean, that's not even painting on different canvases. That's like sculpting and painting and then like woodwork. Yeah, I, I, I like it. But 
Um, for one, someone I heard someone else say it on Twitter, and I don't remember who said it, but I completely believe it. I mean, every day is an evaluation. Every day, every movement from the second I see them walking down the the windows of VHP, just seeing how they're carrying their shoulders, you know, how they look, you know, how they're dressed that day. Were they in a rush? Are they together compared to normal? How they walk in, how they move around. Like I'm there for the warm up. There's no like monotonous warm ups where they're just kind of just going about it unless there's some kids that like to do certain routines and I'm cool with that as well. But it, everything's involved. And I think that's the cool part with movements like dead bugs and, and uh, bird dogs and just planks and side planks and long lever posterior bridges and movements, push-ups and just those basic movements where we're touching the ground, uh, crawling positions is I can do a couple of those. And I, I know from that minute how you are going to perform for the rest of the session. Cause I, I know how you, how, you know, does your awareness of your body and if it's different from where it was the other day, then I can evaluate off of that. And I know how to change what I'm going to do the rest of the day. And when it comes back to everything is that we should be training every athlete to be a human first. So human movement to be better at being, you know, moving in general, uh, I'm not talking general, whatever, general preparing, what, whatever, just basic movements. Everyone should be able to crawl around and move and do basic movement things with their hips and with, with, with their shoulders and stuff. So it always starts with that. And then I can either regress away if I need to, or hopefully progress on because that's what it, it, it creates like a stepping stone. Like you, like you just said, where they feel, and I found that people that they're progressing because I'm like, Hey, we're going to do this first. And they're like, Oh, that's easy. Or you crushed it. All right, cool. Now let's progress it to this. Now let's progress it to this. And especially my military guys, it gives them like they're learning how to be creative on their own. I joke around and call it exploring corners, but it's, it, it, it it's not thinking outside the box. I'm still in the box. I'm just not allowing, I'm allowing myself to go to the edges of the box. It's, we're not, I'm not doing anything that no one else hopefully is doing. We're just, it's just allowing myself to explore those corners of movement. And then the second you show someone else that it's okay to explore those corners of movement, it opens their mind to be like, oh, there's more to a plank that I can add. Like, oh, cool. How do you think? How does your thought process? And then I explain to them, this is what I'm looking for in a plank or a side plank. Once you can show stability and control, then this is how we can make it more challenging. This is how we can progress it. And they're like, oh, now, now I see what you're saying. And then, then we progress it again. They're like, oh, so now we're challenging rotation or we're challenging this, or now we're getting a pulling or a pushing component. Or, and we're just slowly just building layers and layers and layers and layers. And it's not a different exercise. It's layers and layers and layers and layers. And to me, that just makes your job as a coach easier because if you have something to go back to and reference, it makes everything you teach going forward easy. So if you teach a squat fucking awesome right out the gate and you give them cues that you can reference on every other lift with two feet on the ground or even one foot, it makes your job so much easier because now I have something to fall back on. I have something I'm like, hey, do you remember? If we're doing a movement and they're like, I'm just not getting, hey, remember when we did this? And they're like, oh, yeah, I do remember because we did do that. And I always have a backstop with every movement. So I start with my movements and then I just build on them. So I always have a backstop to go to. So if they're not understanding something or they don't get it, I always can fall back to that. So then how often, because we're looking at, again, talking about uh, 
building off of really simple things and making them more complex and adding variability to it. But how often do you then need to go back to like the foundation of like just the side plank or the traditional plank to make sure that like the signal and the noise aren't getting, you know what I mean, in the way of each other? We'll, we'll do it almost like a warm up. Like if you're if you're benching that if you're doing a squat a, a five rep squat whatever that whatever that day is you're doing five reps you're not gonna go right to your five reps mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go right to my best side plank I'm gonna start with the side plank and I'm gonna work my way through I might only do it for five or ten seconds but I check that block now I move on no different than warming up for a squat or a bench day and it's just it's helped me and I just layer and I just layer movements like, Hey, do this. Now we're going to add this today. Do this. Now we're going to add this today. Do this. Now we're going to add this. And it's not the whole session. It's literally maybe we're doing it for five or 10 minutes. And that's our, I guess you would say our activation component. And, uh, for our, our normal workout, like I said, unless it's like an active recovery day or we're going to only do core movements for the day, then it'll be a little bit longer, but it's, it's just, and it's, it gets, it gets people away from like a blind warm up. I guess you would say of there's nothing wrong with, and I'm not like high, like just doing the typical dynamic warm up. There's nothing wrong with it. But I think people, so a lot of kids especially will just go on autopilot. So it lets me, we'll call them proactives or pre, you know, whatever, not correctives, but proactives, whatever of, based on that athlete and the sport and the movement deficiencies, they have certain things that we need to do to get moving. And it just, it just keeps them in. I I feel like it dials them in. Uh, They're just more involved. Like we talked about. So you always start the progression of the day with the backstop movement. Depends. So if I have a kid, say, say um, we're going to do side planks from this, from this, or, uh, dead bugs for our activation right out the gate. Um, I'm probably going to do straight dead bug, no variety, just nothing around the bed, no bands around the feet. And then I'll go to the, to the one that's going to create anti-rotation or with the seller of the pal off press. But I'm always going to do that one because for those five reps, I can give him my cues of which he or she can correct on the spot with, with, with no force, no different than squat. While they're doing their warm-up sets, that's where I get to give my cues because once they're under a five-rep max and they're freaking working, I can say whatever I want. They're not going to be thinking about my cues. They're going to be thinking about getting the work done. So I over, I front-load all my cueing and all my expectations so that when we get to that more challenging, they, they, it's, it's refreshed. It's, it's quick on the brain. It's, oh, yeah, he did just say this. Hey, remember, remember your problem when you do this and I'll touch it? Okay, you remember. Now we go. So I, I guess I would say I do stop a lot with the backstop movement. I everything's like a, a a plain Jane, dead bug or bird dog, and then if I'm going to advance off that, then I'll roll into it. I like that. Yeah, thanks for the question there, Chase. I appreciate you, bro. Um, Chase is Chase is the dude, man. That's my guy. Yeah, he's a. I'm excited to have him in the league now, man. It's uh, it's one thing that I've actually really been kind of selfishly proud of and i was actually talking with matt johnson about it today that like we've we've had some like really good strength coaches in the atlantic 10 and it's uh the, the guys that left this year they there were some freaking big timers and 
filled three really big roles with, with three really good coaches. So I'm, I'm really excited for, for the league, you know, as, as to what we have in there now. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Chase and his new opportunity, man. He's just a good dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, he does a lot to help us out, too. He's a good guy. Yeah. He actually just put an article. We, we just published it today. Really? Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, four things with the lifts. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. I mean, oh, you'd never guess that Chase would want to write about weightlifting exercises. <laughs> you know, but. <laughs> he's, he's all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, man, listen, I'm stoked that we got to do this. And uh, hopefully I'm able to record this, too, and we can reuse this as a podcast. But then we got to get you on the show again, Dan, because this was this is great. And this actually, like, this has got me thinking about some stuff. Like to the point where I just like pulled some things open and they're open on my laptop right now that I, I'm going to start working on. But I uh, appreciate you taking the time, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch soon. Later, bro. Later. Yeah, Chaser. Big shout out, bro. Appreciate you. And uh, guys, thanks for taking the time to be uh, be here and watch. Uh, for those that missed, hopefully this is up in the podcast in a week. Uh, I'm trying to record it, so... Knockwood, I maybe figured it out, hopefully. So appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Thanks for all you do for us. We'll be in touch soon.